I want to talk to you today a little bit about the blessing of the priests in the Old Covenant. The priest would bless the congregation, the children of Israel. That is one church service you wouldn't want to miss. I mean, they were, if you're half dead, you, they would drag you to the church meeting that day because that would be the time that the priest would speak <laughs> blessing over the whole congregation. And so that is the old covenant. We're going to interpret it through the eyes of the new covenant today. But let me read this to you. This is in Numbers chapter. If you ever read Numbers, that's one that if you do it at nighttime, you will probably fall asleep. <laughs> or if you do it during the daytime, you'll put, no, I'm just kidding. But anyway, Numbers chapter 6, verse 23, it says this, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. This is what God spoke to Aaron and said, this is the way that you're to bless the people. Now, God didn't just let him, you know, go by the seat of his pants. He had to do exactly what God told him. And there was a reason for that. And so we are going, next week, if I remember, I'm going to put up a chart of the Hebrew alphabet. You can miss a lot if, uh, I, I don't know Hebrew, so don't come up to me going, but it's the book, I don't know Hebrew. I'll look at you and say, yes, but I do not know Hebrew. But I do have uh, some great software that it can interpret it and do things for me, so I, I love that. But I do know this. You can miss some things if you don't know a little bit about the Hebrew because when Hebrew is translated into English, not all the time is it really translated exactly. Just wanting to see if I get any reaction. And, and so here we go. Verse 26. Uh, I'm sorry, not verse 26. Verse 24. It says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The word bless... In Hebrew is Baraka. Baraka, it means that the high priest would kneel down. It means this. It means I'm going to kneel down and bring a gift. To come to one on a bended knee and bring a gift. That's what blessing means. And so the high priest would have the whole congregation stand. I'm not going to do that. The whole congregation would stand, and he would get down on his knees and hold his hands up saying that, I'm going to bring you a gift today. And he would speak, the gift would be the blessing that he was going to speak over them. That is a picture of the old covenant priest, and it was Aaron and all of his descendants. It's called the Levitical priesthood. But now... We have a high priest. In Hebrews, it says that Jesus is our high priest. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. So who is our high priest? Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours stands, understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy 
and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So Jesus, people don't maybe understand this, but do you realize when Jesus was on the earth for three years, or he was on 33 years, but the, the three years of his ministry, all 33 years, he was tempted in every area that man could be tempted, and yet without sin. Why is that important? He knows what you're going through. You know, people say, well, nobody knows. You could sing that country music song, and it's a lie. Nobody knows. You don't want me to sing anymore. But anyway, Jesus knows. Jesus knows what you're going through. And not only that, you know, and you have some friends, I'm sure they go, oh, man, I'm so sorry. for You know, and it's good to, if somebody can say, you know, they're so sorry. It's another thing to be connected to somebody who not just says, I'm sorry, but I can help you get out of this. That's the kind of friend you want to have. And we have that friend. So Jesus, and if we're going to interpret this blessing, not from the old covenant, but we're going to interpret this blessing through the new covenant. That's why it's good to know, you know, sometimes you could read the old covenant and go, man, this is just, especially Leviticus. Have you ever read Leviticus? It's a good book, but you just have to interpret it through the eyes of the, the new covenant. If you do that, it becomes alive. How many know that the word of God it's only a live, living thing when it gets planted in your heart. When it's inside of you, it'll come alive. But if it's just sitting on your dusty coffee table, it is nothing. <clears throat> Testing, one. <laughs> I've always liked this scripture because, but I've got a different translation, a revelation, I should say. Proverbs eighteen sixteen. It says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. A man's gift makes room for him. I always interpreted that as if you got a special talent, you know, I mean, if you can sing like a, the Tweety Bird, I mean, you can be on The Voice or what, all those other shows. It'll make room for you. But I always just thought it's the talent that you have that can make room for you. But that scripture doesn't just say the talent. It says a man's gift. And that word gift just really exploded inside of me. It says the gift will make room for him. I want you to know today Jesus is the gift. And so Jesus inside of you and me, if you received him as your Lord and Savior, the Jesus inside of you will make room for you and it will bring you before great men. What does that mean? There is divine connections that God has planned for you and me that if you truly believe that, there'll be connections with your business that are beyond your, your smartness. Let's just say it that way. God can open up doors for you that you can never get open for yourself. God can get you connected to people that you can never get connected with yourself. And probably next week we'll talk about this. Joseph, you know, he was, uh, he was raised as a rich boy. Abraham was one of the richest guys on the planet, and Joseph was uh, one of his sons. And so he sits there, and he gets put in jail, living like a, a slave, 
and uh, sold as a slave. And let me just say this. I mean, this is, I don't mean to be crude, but back then as a slave, you were stripped naked so they could see if there's any fault in your body before I purchase you. So here is one of the richest boys. He's a rich boy. Maybe a little bit even on the spoiled side, but you know, here he is. He's stripped naked in front of people bidding on him. He's put in prison. He's put in jail. And then after that, God sets up a divine connection that Joseph could never set up. You know, people talk about the devil's got plans for you and sets you up for traps. I'm telling you, God has the greatest thing set up for you and me. But they're not automatic. You have to believe it. You have to believe it. And this is the good news. <laughs> you don't have to be good enough to get it. It's a gift. A gift, you know, the word grace means unmerited favor. That's one of the definitions. What does that mean? It means that you receive something that you don't deserve. You receive something you don't deserve. And so today, this blessing is basically something we are getting that we really don't deserve. So we're going to go through these. So we said already, bless is barak. Baraka, it means kneeling with a gift, to come to one on a bended need to bring a gift. When the priest would do this, he would have the whole congregation stand and he would kneel down and he would be the one speaking the blessing. Through the interpretation of the new covenant, Jesus is our high priest. So this is really a humbling thing. Do you realize Jesus has knelt down on his knees while you're standing, and he says, I'm not just bringing a gift to you. Now picture this now. Aaron would bend down and says, I'm bringing a gift. Jesus is bending down before you and me today, and he's saying this, I am the gift that is being brought before you today. Wow. That's a humbling thing. First of all, that he would, he's bowing down. You know, if you're a ruler of a nation, if you're a great king, you bow down before nobody. You understand? But Jesus, he's doing this to humble himself and say, I'm giving myself today to you as a gift. To you as a gift. So we're going to go through this step by step, all right? So the blessing would start. The Lord wants to bless you and keep you. The word keep in Hebrew is this. It means shomer. It means to protect you, to put a hedge about you, to guard you. So there again, Aaron is speaking this over the people, but Jesus is saying this to you and to me. He says, I'm going to protect you, I'm going to keep you, and I'm going to guard you. You have to believe that, though. You need to believe that. Every day of your life, you need to believe that, man, God is keeping me today. God is guarding me today. God is putting a hedge about me today. Verse 25 says, let his face shine upon you. And his face shall shine upon you and be gracious to you. In Hebrew, let his face shine upon you means to look eyeball to eyeball. You know, if you, you get to people, if you ever seen this in movies and stuff, and they go, you know, the father's watching the, his possible future son-in-law with his daughter, and, and he does this. What does that mean? 
I'm watching you. Now, that's a negative connotation. Maybe I shouldn't have brought that up. But Jesus is, he's not watching you in the negative side. He's watching you. Let me give you a better illustration. Just scratch that one. He's watching you. I've got a daughter, and that's why it just popped in my head. But Jesus is watching you like, you know, two lovers, a husband and a wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, and he's, they're going eyeball to eyeball. And it's just flowery and goosebumpy and just, wow. I really like this. You know, that's how your heavenly father, that's how Jesus, I should say, in this blessing, he says, I want to look eyeball to eyeball to you. What does that mean? Nothing else matters what's going on behind me. You know, if you had conversations with people before and they're doing this the whole time, you know, and you're talking, you yeah, mm-hmm, uh-huh, yeah. You think you are not hearing a word I've said. The reason I know, if you're married, you've probably heard that statement, you know. If, because you, you are really looking holy like I have no white honey. Do you know what he's talking about? No, I don't. But when you're doing that, you're not getting their full attention. What Jesus is saying is, I, you've got my full attention. You think he could do that with every single person on the planet. How can he do that? Because you're thinking in real time. You're thinking in the physical. But God, who is supernatural, he's God in the spiritual realm. He does that. I don't know how. If I knew how, I would be God. I don't know how. So I'm just saying, I do know what he does. Every day he's looking at you eyeball to eyeball. Every single person on the planet. Which means you have my attention all the time, 24-7. Hallelujah. Let his face shine upon you. Then it says, the Lord be gracious to you. What does that mean in the Hebrew? It means he stoops down and gets personally involved with your life. He stoops down and gets personally involved in your life. People, you know, say, well, nobody knows how I feel. Well, it's a lie. Jesus knows. And not only that, he knows what you're going through right now. He even knows what you're thinking about your thought process. If it's negative, if you're going down the wrong road, he knows what's going on in your life and everything about your life. More than your parents, even more than yourself. He wants to get involved in your life. But he's waiting on you. He's waiting on me. Verse 26 says this, The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. That is different from let his face shine upon you. Lift up his countenance upon you means he wants to smile when he sees you coming. Every time he sees your face, he's going to be smiling. Wouldn't that be great if everybody that you came in contact with on this planet would greet you like that? <laughs> everybody. Everybody you see, they see you and you go, good to see you. <laughs> really glad to see you. You know, but we have, you know, people from, you get a phone call from the IRS, you think, oh my. There's so many people that don't have a smile on their face. Maybe your boss when you mess up. Maybe your spouse when you bought something without talking about it or making some kind of decision. There's all kinds of situations. I don't want to go too deep, but there's all kinds of situations where you're greeting with somebody and you can tell they are not happy to see you. I remember I gave this illustration in the first service. Uh, I was in the second grade. Second. Melly can remember as she was coming out of the birth canal, but I can only go back to, to the second grade. But uh, 
I remember that I, I was really a, a, a naughty little boy, and no, I will not tell you what I did, but I got called to the principal's office. Blue Lick Elementary, Louisville, Kentucky. Mr. Lowry was the principal. I don't know too many people in the second grade, but there's one person, Mr. Lowry. He was, he, I'm sure he played football at some time in his lifetime. Had a black beard, and I can, t- I can see his face right now, and I have forgiven him, just so you know. And I hate saying this phrase, but back in the day, because it appears, you know, some people go, oh, yeah. They have electricity? Yes. But anyway, uh, they could spank you in school without calling your parents or telling your parents or anything. And so I didn't know what was going to happen, but he just said, bend down and touch your toes. I knew that was not a good position to be in. And this guy, he took, a, he took the paddle off. The, he showed me the paddle, you know, intimidation 101. I'm telling you. I, I needed therapy after that. But anyway, he took that paddle off, and man, he took a baseball swing. I mean, it wasn't a love tap. And I did a somersault. I rode and, came and rode, crying, snots blowing at that time. I, I was thinking blood. But anyway, it was so hard. He was not glad to see me when I walked into that office. It did. You know, some people says, you know, they tried to, preachers, you know, and everybody tries to, to scare the hell out of you, but he literally beat that, because I was a good kid from there on. <laughs> I never got called to, to the pastor, or the pastor, to the preachers, to the president. <laughs> he was definitely the, the principal. He was definitely not a preacher. Don't worry, if you ever get called to my office, I have no paddles. <laughs> this illustration went a lot better in the first service, but anyway. My point, let me get back to my point. I got to stay on point here. Is that there's situations in your life, and listen, when, you're reli- when you and I are raised in religion, we think that's what God is like, the principle. I'm going to say it again. When you're raised that God has a paddle hanging up on his throne, and if you screw up, you mess up, you're not going to be whistling Dixie. Something bad's going to probably happen to you. And if something did bad happen to you, it's because you were naughty, for a lack of better terms. I'm telling you, those are lies that religion has preached to you and to me. Because, listen to me, God is your Father and Jesus is your Savior. He is trying to tell you every time that you are even remotely thinking about Him, you can see His picture and His face. He's smiling at you, no matter what. And I'm going to say, even when you just sin. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought you would respond. Am I saying it's okay to sin? Absolutely not. Sin has consequences. You know, I've said that over and over again. But having said that, when you come around Jesus, there is nothing on his face but smiles for you and me 24-7. I haven't gotten everybody on board. Because You know why? Because you've been taught against this. You've been taught that God can be angry at you. All of the wrath of God was poured out upon Jesus when he was on the cross. Mm. 
all of the wrath that God ever intended for man. Something's wrong, something's got to be paid for it. God says, I'm going to cover this. And he covered it by the cross. I said he paid for it by the cross on Jesus. All of his wrath, his wrath, his anger was poured out, the Bible says, upon Jesus. When he was crucified, they were nailing him to the cross, but God was pouring his wrath out upon him. Him who knew no sin became sin. Him who didn't have, never did anything wrong paid for the wrong for you and I. And not only that, the Bible says in Galatians 3.13 that him who knew, he didn't even know anything about the curse, he became cursed for us so we could be free from that curse. Why? So he would be smiling at you and me from that point on forever. Ooh, that's good stuff. So I'm telling you, it's good to come to church. Usually when people mess up, I don't want to go to church. Why? You know, I did something wrong. The roof could collapse. A guy told me that one time. He said, if I walk in your church, pastor, the ceiling would fall in. I go, why? Is it leak? I didn't know it. He said, no, it's because of me. You know, I'm not that good. I go, me either. Hasn't ceiling's been good ever since I've been in there. We get religious when we talk to people, when we think about our perception of God. And this is what God is trying to tell us. He says, I'm coming down and bending my knee, not only to present gifts to you, I'm presenting the gift to you. Jesus is the gift. I know you're talking about Christmas. This is not a Christmas message. This is a 24-7 message. Where did I? Okay, he wants to smile at you. And he wants to give you peace. It says, verse 26, pull up 26 again. One more time. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you what? Peace. That word peace is shalom. It's a, you may have heard that, you know, the Jewish people, they still say shalom. When they, it's a greeting. If they go up to you, they go shalom. You know, we say, hey, how you doing? They go shalom. And if we're leaving, we say, see you later or whatever. They say shalom again. So it's a greeting and uh, the goodbye part. Shalom, what does it mean? It's a Hebrew word. And you can look this up. This isn't my opinion. Look it up. You can look up a Strong's Concordance. Look up the word peace in the Hebrew in Numbers, this very chapter, and look up Hebrew, for, and it's shalom. You want to know what it means? Okay, here's the word. It means prosperity, health, completeness, soundness, welfare, Peace, safety, quiet, tranquility, contentment, friendship, happy, and holy. That's a mouthful. That word is, wow. It's kind of like, wow. Everybody say, wow. wow. That's a wow word. I mean, how can one word mean all of that? I mean, that's just, wow. It means all of that. And God is saying, how many know that's what Jesus is? He doesn't contain shalom. He is shalom. Jesus is shalom. So what God is saying, Jesus is coming down. He's bending his knee down. And he's saying, me, shalom, I'm giving you. So shalom cannot just be a greeting for you, not just be spoken over you. Shalom is going to dwell inside of you. Oh, you didn't get that. I said shalom is going to dwell inside of you from this point on. What does that mean? God is not saying healing and health is going to be spoken over you. He says the healer is going to come and live inside of you. The healer. 
You know, some people say, you know, I don't believe uh, that God wants you well. Well, how can that be possible when he is the great physician and the physician is living inside of you? The healer is living inside of you. You know, and so, you know I, I'm, people have ridiculed any pr- preacher that preaches that God wants you well and God wants to meet all of the, your needs of your life. You know, you're just one of them wealth, prosperity, and, and, and he, health preachers, are you? Yeah, I am. What are you, sick and poor preacher? Let's just preach poverty and sickness and let's just fill up the pews full of people that way. Yeah. That's not good news. The gospel is good news. And this is why it's good news because Jesus is saying, I, Shalom, am going to come and dwell inside of you. So health is going to dwell inside of you. Prosperity and every need met is going to dwell inside of you. We can go any further. Galatians 5.22 says, peace, joy, kindness, self-control. All of these things is going to come and dwell inside of you. How about this one? God is wisdom. Lord, I just need you to help me to get smarter. I just need you to, I just need you to get smarter, but I'm just really stupid. <laughs> you should never confess that, by the way. But this is what you should believe. Wisdom is inside of me 24-7. The wisdom of God. Jesus doesn't contain wisdom. He didn't go to Hebrew school so he would get smarter. He is wisdom. And he's saying, I'm giving you a gift today. The gift is me. So to many people, the God that they serve is God who is only going to make them escape hell. Which is a good thing, wouldn't you think? I mean, if that was the only thing, sign me up. I got saved because I didn't like to burn. And I thought, there is a possibility if I don't straighten up, I could burn in hell forever. So I believed on Jesus so I wouldn't have to go to hell. That's a good starting point. But religion will keep you there. They'll keep you there. And they'll not only keep you there, they'll scare you into thinking that if you mess up, you'll lose that. I'm not going to get into preaching, teaching, because that's a four-month series about once saved, always saved. But I am going to tell you this. Jesus has done everything. And nobody can take that away from you. If you believe that. There's people who may not, maybe even here in this service, they may not, man, this sounds too good to be true. I mean, this really does. Did you know gospel, its original meaning, it's such great news that it's hard to be true for, it's just too good to be true news. That's what the word gospel literally means. And that's what God wants the church, not the church, wants the world. Every person on this planet, he wants to know, that lets you to know that this is the gospel. You and I can't get good enough for this. I know I've said this about a thousand times. I'm going to say it a thousand more until we have 100% people getting it right here. So you know, I do not have to be perfect. You and I, let me put it another way. You and I can't be perfect. I'll make sure this side knows it. You and I cannot be perfect. So most people think, because we live in a society, if you do great in school, you're going to get A's. If you do great in job, you're going to get promoted. 
And so we take that same mentality into serving God. If I do good, Jesus is going to really like me. It doesn't work that way. You and I can't get good enough. You and I can't do enough to get this kind of a blessing to where the creator of all things bows down before a human being like you and me that's messed up and got issues. That's a, a nice way to say it. You know, you know they have issues. <laughs> now, there's probably nobody in your family has issues, but most people's families have issues. They have issues. That's a real nice way of saying it. They are messed up in the head. They're a French fry less than a Happy Meal. I mean, you can put it in a million different ways, you know. Uh, uh, there's all kinds of, but everybody's really to be, and we think we're normal. It's these other people you put on the planet that, that, that are not. But no, no, everybody's not, nobody's normal. You know what normal is? Jesus. And the good news is, if he's inside you and me, you become normal. You become normal. But he wants you to think like he thinks. And quit thinking like the world thinks. Quit thinking how you eat. Maybe even were raised in church to where if you do this, you know, God's going to get you. You've got to quit thinking like that and think like he thinks. And what I'm trying to tell you, this is what he thinks about you today. Every time he thinks about you, he's smiling. Every time he, he your picture is on his refrigerator. You know what that means? I got pictures, my wife and I, we got pictures on our refrigerator. And it's people that we love. You just look at that, oh, we see them a hundred times. Not in one day, but we see them. I hope not. Where did I let off? Verse 27 of Numbers, it says, So they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. So, this is kind of prophetic of what is to come. Aaron was just a natural priest, and he spoke this blessing upon the people. God is saying in Hebrews that Jesus is our high priest, and he's not, listen to me, this is so good. He's not speaking the blessing on you. He's saying, I'm coming as the gift, and the blessing is going to be in you because it's me, the gift. I'm giving myself to you today. He's humbling himself and saying, do you want the gift that I'm giving you today? Okay, what might that be? It's me. I am the gift. And what is the gift? Salvation from hell? Yes. What is the gift? Healing? Yes. What is the gift? Having all of your needs met according to his riches and glory? Yes, it is. How about peace of mind? Yes. Wisdom? Yes. How about good relationships? How about a good marriage? How about a great marriage? Relationships shouldn't be about how that person treats you. Then that determines, oh, I've got a great relationship. No, the seed, the root of every great relationship is inside you and me. I can have a great relationship with anybody because of Jesus. You don't even have to, I know this, my brain's still trying to get wrapped around. You do not have to treat me right and perfect for me to love you and have a great relationship with you. If you're married, you totally understand that <laughs> to some degree. 
He says, so they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. This is what he's saying. The name that he's talking about is Jesus. This is a prophetic thing. He says, listen, Aaron is speaking, speaking the blessing over you, in which, man, they loved that. This blessing, they were just, we're not missing that church service, you understand? He's speaking that blessing over them. But here he says in verse 27, so they shall put my name. On the children of Israel, and I will bless them. So this is what he's saying. In the future, there's going to come one, the Messiah. His name is Jesus. And his name, how many of you know the cattlemen? They just branch. It means it's mine. Every one of us have the name Jesus branded onto your spirit. He's branded on there, man. What does it mean? This one's mine. And that one's mine. And this one's mine. Why do you need to know that? Because of Satan, he seeks whom he may desire, it, the Bible says. He's seeking people who he can devour. Not desire, devour. Who is that? It's anyone that doesn't know whose they are. I know I am God's. I'm the apple of his eye. I know I'm righteous. His blood covers me, and I have his name. His name's been given to me. His name. According to verse 27, his name's been given to me. It's, it's, in my, it's been branded onto my spirit. I'm his. I am his. Therefore, anything that the devil tries to do to me or overcome me with, it can happen. I've said this before. It's illegal for Satan to put poverty or sickness on a believer. I know. Sounds strange. You say, well, it's happening. Sure it is. But it doesn't have to. I believe we can resist sickness. I believe we can resist poverty because of whose family we are in. I know a lot of people who get born and I say, man, I wish my last name was Rockefeller. Wish I was a Kennedy. Who's a Microsoft guy? Gates. Wish I was a Gates. Yeah. We have somebody that's better than all of those names. Because that can disappear tomorrow. Let me just say this. Success is not what you possess. It's who you possess. If you understand that, I possess success. I possess Jesus. Because we can chase things on this planet. You can chase prosperity. You can chase, you chase healing. You can chase prosperity. You can chase success. You can chase it. And the Lord's saying, what are you chasing for what is already in you? Ow. It's in you. Success is a person. Success is a person. And when we have a revelation of our eyes can be opened up to the truth that is in us, I'm telling you, doors of opportunity open up to you and to me like we never dreamed could happen that would happen to us. You know, I gave the illustration, you know, the automatic doors, you get someplace on the sensitivity, and, you know, it, it opens up automatically. You don't have to do it. Isn't that great? Your arms are full of stuff. You're carrying all kinds of stuff. I, I can't open the door. I can't open the door. What am I going to do? I can't open the door. So nice. I like that stuff. 
My wife's got a van, you know, the minivan. You, know, you push a button on that, and the side door, ching. Even the trunk, ching. Everything, ching. It opens up. Everything, everything in life can open up automatically. Everybody say, that's God. God wants you and me to know that he's the door opener for your life. He is the door opener for your life. You don't have to get a crowbar and say, you know what, I'm just going to really try and believe God. I'm just going to really, I'm going to be a good boy this week and I'm going to really be good. I'm going to read my Bible every day and I'm going to get this door open. That's not how it works with our Heavenly Father. Your self-effort is detested. I mean, God, it's just a, it's, it's manure. In Kentucky, it's a cow pile, man. I'm telling you, it's just bad. Your self-effort doesn't make you more righteous. Your self-effort's not going to cause God to like you more to cause the door to be open. What's going to happen is you believe what we're preaching this morning, that Jesus has bent down on his knee and he says, I'm the gift, I'm the favor that you've been searching for in your life. I want to have favor. It's good to have favor. You get... It, like I said in Proverbs, it says a man's gift will open doors. A man's gift will make room for him. In other words, a man's gift will open doors. Pull up Proverbs again one more time. And it says it'll make room for him. A man's gift makes room for him. You have to know what the gift is. The gift is Jesus. Jesus is going to cause things to happen in your life that you and I can never work to make it to happen. It'll make room for him and it brings him before great men. How many know a lot of times you know the right person? Hey, if you know that person, they can get you that job. You know the person. You know the person. You can get greater deals than you ever thought or dreamed about in your business. You can do great things in life, greater than you ever dreamed about. If you know the gift that's been placed inside of you, it's Jesus. It's all about him. It's always been about him. And in the Old Testament, it's been about him. The Old Testament is pictures and symbols and things that point to the cross, that point to Jesus, that point you to the answer. And Jesus has always had an answer before there was a problem. He's always had a solution. He's always had a cure before there's been a disease. He's always had a cure. He's always had an answer way before it ever showed up. So don't think that, oh man, I'm in trouble. God has already had the answer for you. He's already had the wisdom for you. You just need to say, God, I know that you've had this. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe it. He's waiting on you and me to believe. He's waiting on us to believe. Let me, this, we'll close up with this. This is the translation. If you look at all the Hebrew, just listen to me. Jesus will kneel before you, presenting himself as the gifts, and will guard you with a hedge of protection. Jesus will illuminate the wholeness of his being toward you, bringing order, and he will give you comfort and sustenance. Jesus will lift up his wholeness of being and look upon you, and he will set in place all you need to be whole and complete. In Habakkuk, it says this, I'm not for sure what it is. It's the very last chapter, and I believe it's the last verse. It says that he causes us, my feet, to be like Cain's feet, and causes me to walk in my high places. What does that mean? When you're walking in high places, you're walking in the favor of God. You know, I've given this illustration before, you know. You see those uh, mountain goats and uh, what is it that are bighorn sheep. 
I saw a picture of them. But anyway, the big horned sheep, they're up there. And you, you look at them, they're on a little bitty ledge. It's about like this. And you think, how, first of all, how did they get there? I mean, did they were fallen and they landed on the ledge? And an eagle drop them? Or what, well, how did they get there? You just go, that's impossible for them to get there. But they have these special little hoofs. They have these special little hoofs on their, you know, soft tissue. And it's just like Spider-Man's. I mean, it, they can go places. And they get to high, high places. God is saying, that's the way I made every child of mine. You have special things. It's called the favor of God that can put you in high places that people will think, how did, how did he get up? What? Had to, I know him. His education is not this one. He's not even that bright. You know, it's his personality. It's just like sandpaper. But, I mean, how did he do that? It's Jesus. You know, did you find it? Oh, there it is. The Lord God is my strength. He will make he. Who does? That means you do not. He does. He's made that. He has made your feet to be like deep fear. Deep, Deer's feet. That was a deer in a headlight moment. But anyway, deer's feet. And he will make me walk on my high heels. That does not mean high heels, guys. I'm, all you women thought the same thing. So if you're wearing flats, you're going to miss it. No, I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. High heels, not high heels. I'm going to change the subject right now. <laughs> Listen, when you are born again and the gift is living inside of you, God intends, he's had high places for you. But listen, you cannot get there in your own self-effort. You can't get good enough, try hard enough to get in the places that God has for you. How do you get there? You have to believe that he is the one that will put me there. And I'll get there because of him, not because of Mike. God will put you there. Why? Because you don't have the wisdom. You don't have the gifting. You don't have the talent. You don't have everything. You have enough to take you so far. There's some pretty talented people. And your talent and your good looks, I mean, you, I mean, you can go so far in good looks. So please, don't trust in your good looks. Because it may not be that far. <laughs> and as I'm looking, no, I'm just kidding. But anyway, it's a joke. God intends, he says, I will put you there. I'll make your feet to where you will be put in a position that just like the, those longhorn sheep men, everybody's going to go, how did they do that? And your testimony is going to be this. I serve a God who is the great I am. He has given me the wisdom. He has made the connections. He has put me in position. And he is the one. He is the one. Success is a person. It's not necessarily what's out here. It's what's in here. But if you know that and realize that, you will appear smart before people. You will even appear good looking before people. And for some of us, that's pretty miraculous. Let me tell you. But anyway, you, you will look good. And you'll sing good. And why, what is all of that? It's the favor of God that's just wrapped around you. 
In Psalms chapter 5, verse 12, it says he wraps us with favor as a shield. I mean, when you don't, you don't see me, you see the favor of God. That's the good news. This is the, not only the blessing of the priests. This is what Jesus has done for you. He's humbled himself and knelt down, and he says, I'm not speaking the blessing over you. I am the blessing, and I'm giving it to you. That's why he said, I am. That I am, that I am. What am I? I am the Lord that healeth. I am the Lord that blesses. I am the Lord that makes a way where it seems like there's no way. I am the one that's made you the head and not the tail. I am the one that causes you, whatever you put your hand to, it shall surely prosper. I am the one who gives you blessing and favor. No man can curse. What God has blessed, no man can curse. Nobody can take this away. The devil can't even take this away from you. But you got to know that it's because of him, not because of moi. Is that right in French, Vicky? So I know French and Kentucky English both now. All right. Let's stand. Hey, do you know that's why we serve him? Do you know that's why we, we just love him? We sing about him? And that's why we come to church to learn more about him. Why? Because the more you know about him, the more you will know about you. Because he's in you. He's in you. We're not interested in learning about religion. We're interested in learning about Jesus. Because that's what it's all about.